All right, we're going to continue in a teaching we did two weeks ago. Last week we had our uh, church picnic. We had baptism going on. And uh, so we had a great time. If you weren't here last week, we had a great time. For those who endured through the cornhole tournament, um, wow, it was hot. Um, so we learned some things from that. We're going to have to speed the process up next time um, or else have it in December. And, uh, and we could just do that. Uh, but anyway, it was a fun time. Thanks for everybody who helped. Thanks for coming early, those guys that came early to help set up. And... Um, Congratulations to TJ and Braden, where they at? The Cornhole Champions. Um, so they have the title to defend. Uh, so we'll uh, we'll start practicing because those guys were good. Uh, so, all right. Well, let's jump into the word. We were talking about the week before. We were talking about Sabbath, and and it was interesting because I've, I don't know that I've ever even taught about Sabbath, um, and I surely didn't practice it very well. Um, in my own life as far as just taking time. But over the last several weeks and months, more months uh, recently, I have seen more and more um, busyness and in some ways less productive because I'm so busy. And, um, and I, I was sharing this a couple weeks ago that I have some other things I do, not just pastor-wise, but in our denomination. I'm a regional superintendent for the North Carolina region. Um, of a lot of different churches. I'm a divisional superintendent over six churches in this area alone. Um, and so we have a conference that I've been planning coming up next weekend or two weekends. Um, so when that's over, it's going to be a relief to get that done. But it's just been really busy. And I was in this um, uh, group of pastors that were, were going through this book on Wednesday mornings through uh, Zoom, just this video phone call thing. And and one of the chapters, the book's called Emotionally Healthy Leader, and one of the chapters had to talk, was talking about Sabbath and the importance of um, taking a Sabbath and taking a day where you stop and just you don't just run ragged all the time. Because here's what happens. If work drives you, I want, I want you to know um, all that stuff that you're working hard for and all that stuff that you're putting all your energy to, uh, it's wearing you out, and it's, and it's caused you to miss out on a lot of things that God has for you. Um, and so we talked about going through the Ten Commandments. There's a lot of different commandments, but when Exodus chapter 20, and we're going to have that uh, verse up in chapter 8, we're going through the Ten Commandments, and when you go through that, you see all the different things. Well, this one, this fourth commandment, is the longest one of all of them, and here's what it says. Remember to observe the Sabbath day, by keeping it holy. You have six days, six days each week for your ordinary work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. And on that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes you. It includes your sons, your daughters, your male and female servants, your livestock, even animals. Listen, don't be working your cat on Sabbath. All right? Leave your cat alone. Give them a break. Foreigners living among you. For in six days the Lord made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and everything in them. But on the seventh day he rested. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as holy. So there's a principle in this because, you know, I've, I've talked, I've heard people say, yeah, but, you know, that's Old Testament, that's the law. Okay, yeah, thou shalt not kill is Old Testament, but you still shouldn't do it, right? 
Um, there's still principles in that that are very healthy for us to live by. And this is one of them. Because God, when he created the heavens and the earth, he could have just said, you know, I finished it in six days. But he, he talked about the seventh because it was important. He added the seventh. He, we could have just said the six days of creation. And he never even mentioned resting because that's not important. But for him to mention it, that on the seventh day he saw everything and saw that it was good, and he rested. He rested. He finished his work. He rested. Now, there's a place of rest that we talked about a few weeks ago of an attitude of rest to know God is your source. And, and, and there are times that we need to rest that God is going to take care of us. So we do our part. And then we trust God. So we're not taking seven days a week to rest, right? You know, I'm just going to live the life of a sab Sabbath. You know, I'm going to do an opposite Sabbath. I'm going to work one and take six days to rest. But we're doing, but here's the thing. We sometimes, the reason we push ourselves so much is because we think that we are our source. And I have to do this. I can't take, I can't, I can't even Take time to stop. I can't. I just got to go, 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 go. And there's something driving us that is very unhealthy. Because when we're so driven by that, there's a good part of being driven. But the bad part of being driven is that we're, in, we're driving. That we're trying to make everything happen. So in other words, our responsibility for everything is on us. And there comes a time where you have to trust God at his word to give you wisdom to do the things that you're supposed to do, but part of, part of God's plan for you is that you take time to rest and to stop because you were not created to carry the weight and the burden of life. That's why Jesus says, that's why it says in, in 1 Peter, cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. Cast your cares on the Lord. That's why Jesus says, come to me all who are weary, carrying heavy burdens. In other words, you're going nonstop He's saying, come to me, and I will give you what? That's what Jesus says. You give me the load, you're not supposed to carry it. I'll take that, and you take this. I'll take the weight, you take the rest. That's what Jesus is saying. I'll take it, so you take that. So in my life, I've, been, I've begun to put some things into practice to where I'm not going to be so um, engulfed to, to just go nonstop and to feel like that I have to just go, 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 go. I still work hard. I still work a lot. I still have a lot to do. But I'm not going to be to, I'm not going to be to the point. I'm not going to get to the point where I am so tired that I'm not making good decisions. Where I'm so exhausted from doing ministry that my family gets leftovers. They get the, they get the little bit of, oh, hey, y'all. You know, I want to enjoy my family as well. And so you, we have to balance life better. And in the world we live in, we don't. See, growing up, I'm 47. Growing up for me, we didn't have internet. We didn't have cell phones. We didn't have laptops. Listen, we, I remember a typewriter. But you could only do so much on that. And then you didn't hit send. You folded it, put an envelope, put a stamp on it. And four days later... It got to where it was going. And then four days after that, you got one back. You're like, we just communicated. It took eight days. 
to communicate to someone in a different state. So there's part of that that our culture is making it so much easier for us to just be so driven to just go, 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 go. Because you can, you can work. Some, y'all can work right now if you want to. I can pull my email up right now. And just, you know, while I'm sitting here preaching, it's like, oh, yeah, I got to return that call. I mean, we could. It is so accessible. But, it's, but it, you know what it's doing? It's killing us. Literally. It's tearing us apart. It's destroying families. It's destroying relationships. It's destroying uh, friendships. Because we don't, we don't have time to just do the things that, that we want to do and that we need to do for our own health. So we, so we started talking about this Sabbath thing. Um, in Numbers 15, verse 32, I thought this was so interesting when we talked about this last time. I'm kind of reviewing, and then we're going to jump into that second part. We'll be out here and fi- find y'all. Don't worry. One day, while the people, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, we're taking the Sabbath tomorrow. So uh, one day, while the people of Israel were in the wilderness, they discovered a man gathering wood. Okay, here's what he's doing, really. He's picking up sticks, all right? So you think about that. Have you ever seen anybody outside picking up sticks? You ever picked up sticks in your yard? All right, this guy's out gathering wood. The people who found him, because he's doing it on the Sabbath, they took him before Moses and Aaron and the rest of the community. Check this out, y'all. They held him in custody. Cust- like he is, he's in custody because they didn't know what to do with him. In other words, he's in trouble. Hey, what were you doing? You know, you got all these guys, you know, well, yeah, you know, I got in a fight. I did this. What did you do? I was picking up some sticks. Yeah, you know, it's crazy. I'm crazy, picking up sticks. Then the Lord said to Moses, the man must be put to death. You know what that made me think? I'm going to use this. Patty's like, hey, there's sticks in the yard. Oh, not me. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Number says, people that pick up sticks, they die. Right? So you can use that next time your spouse tells you, can you get those sticks out of the yard? Oh, no. No. Last guy that did that ended up dead. Right? I know that's horrible. That's a distraction. Okay. So, but here's the thing. At that moment, this tells you how serious God was about the Sabbath. Very serious about it. Now, we don't live under that today to where you mess up, boom, you're done. But I will say this. We are destroying ourselves. That death is still part of not taking care of yourself if you don't stop and take time to rest. And you don't take time to uh, relax or just, you know, when sometimes you just need detox from all the stuff. You just need to get away. You have, you have to do that. It's important. And, it's, and you'll see it all through Scripture where it talks about that. In Mark 2, 27, this is what the Bible says. Jesus said to them, the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people. People weren't made to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. So he's saying, look, we're not talking about the Sabbath as a law that you have to meet those requirements. He's saying Sabbath is for you. It's to meet your needs. You need a Sabbath. This is, this is Jesus talking. You need a Sabbath. Now, if I'm not going to ask you, but if I asked you, how, ma- how many of you actually take a full day off, rest, do all the things you're supposed to do, and just, <sighs> most of us don't. And I'm not, I'm not condemning anyone who doesn't because I'll be the first one. 
But I can tell you this, that I've understood more and more that there is a Sabbath principle that I need to operate in to take time to do that. And there's, you know, there could be different ways you can do it. You, you know, there's Romans 14 talks about, you know, it doesn't have to be this day. It could be this day. You could do this time or this time. But just taking some time to rest. Now, in this book that we were going through with these pastors, because the reason this started really stirring in me is because I realized the direction I was going and that I was putting more and more on my plate and, and, it, and I was getting more and more tired and exhausted and losing the joy of what I do. And uh, so I was like, something's got to give. But I, there was a place of feeling like shame if I wasn't at everyone's request all the time. So if I didn't do what everybody wanted me to do, you know, and meet all the needs that were here at the church and then meet all the needs in these pastors as a division and then on a larger scale, you know, try to meet all the needs of those in the, in the region of North Carolina pastors, then I'm thinking, okay, yeah, but you know what? I should do that. I mean, I need, you know, I mean, I, I need to go encourage them. They probably, you know, and there's some great things about that. But there's also times where you have to take care of you so you can be healthy enough to help somebody else. It's that whole put the oxygen mask over you first as a parent. If you're on a plane, that's why they tell you that. If you're out unconscious, you can't help your child. She's like, here you go, Johnny, just, uh, and then you're done. <laughs> And Johnny didn't get one either because you didn't take care of yourself. But if you put it on you and then you could breathe good, then you put it on your son. You've just accomplished the way it's supposed to be done. You got, we got to take better care of ourselves. And uh, so realizing that the Sabbath is for us, that's why he's saying it. And there's part of it that says if you trust God. All right, think about this. When we, we, when we, talk, when we talk about tithing, Tithe means 10%. That's what tithe means. Okay, if, so if you do a study on it, that's what you're going to find. It means a tenth. So it's impossible to say I tithe 5%. No, you give 5% because a tithe is 10. But here's the thing about the tithing. Tithing is that same principle to say if I give this to God, I trust him with the 90% that he can do more with that 90 than I can do with the 100 if I keep 100, listen, I have tithed since I was a kid. I grew up doing it. And I've been through financial things, but I can tell you what, I've never missed a payment, missed a meal, nothing. God has always provided. God, I have seen more happen in my life through the 90% than what I could have budgeted 100%. That's the principle. Giving God the part, the tenth. And trusting him with a 90, and he can take that 90 way further than what I could take the 100. Because that 90 is blessed. So, in that, it's the same principle with the Sabbath. Can we trust God with that one time, that one moment, that one day that we rest and trust that he could do more in those six than we could with seven? Now, don't get me wrong. If you're a doctor and you're on call, you know... I'm having a baby. Oh, it's my Sabbath. <laughs> I'm not saying that. I'm saying you have to find out. You know what you do, and you know what your job is like. But you have to make sure that you find a way to create moments of rest without compromising your job. So there is some of this that you have to balance according to what you do. My Sabbath isn't Sunday. Okay, I'm here. 
So a lot of times I'll have meetings after church. We have stuff going. So there's times where I'll take Saturday, you know, or I'll take Friday. So you, we, you just have to be creative. But you have to take some time to trust God. So here's what he talked about as far as in this book, four things that happen uh, when we take a Sabbath. Here's what he said. Stop, rest, delight, and contemplate God. So here's what it is. I'll say these quick. Stop, Psalms 46.1, be still and know that I'm God. The first thing you need to do is stop from work. If you decide, I'm going to take some time to clear my head, to just, I'm just going to take some time, and I'm not just going to, I'm going to, I'm going to just shut down for a minute. Then you know what you need to do? Move this. So you can stop. Especially in the beginning because when you're already feeling like guilty for stopping because we don't live in a world that encourages you to, when you feel guilty for stopping and you have this, this is just going to be like, oh, that might be important. And then you look and it's not that important, but then you start thinking about, well, I mean, it'll just take a second. And then pretty soon you're caught right back in the trap of just, I got to turn this email, I got to do this, I got to do this. So we stop. Just stop. Just I'm going to take a minute, and I'm going to stop. And then we rest. Part of resting could be a lot of different things. There's an attitude of rest to trust God. God, I trust you. You know what? Take a nap. So You know, I, I, know, I know people that feel so guilty taking a nap. You need to be set free. You do. I don't take a lot, but today, oh, the Lord is going to bless me with a nap. I feel it. I feel it. But you know what? You need it. Your body needs rest. Or just, you know, just go sit on the back deck or sit on the porch and sit in a rocking chair and just <sighs> tell your kids, look, go play. I'm Sabbathing. Let, let, let your kids see you Sabbath so they learn. Life ain't about just doing, 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 doing. You got to take time for yourself too. Dads, help moms so mom can Sabbath. Moms, help dads so dads can Sabbath. Everybody help each other. Families, help another family so they can Sabbath. Grandparents, help whatever. But find a way to create time for you to just stop and rest. And then delight. I love this part of Sabbath. I'm getting better at it. Do something fun. It doesn't have to be expensive. You know, what would you like to do on Sabbath? A cruise. Well, okay, then talk to your spouse or your family and see who wants to do that. To me, you know what I've started doing more of? I said this a couple weeks ago, playing disc golf. Just go out. And, here's what it is. You just throw a disc and you aim it toward this basket. And you keep throwing it until you get it in the basket. And, but you're outside. And you're walking. And, and I don't go by myself because that's boring. I go with other people so I could talk and be around people. But, but you just go. And then, so you just do something that you enjoy. Go, go have a picnic at the park. Take your kids to the park and let them swing. Put them on the merry-go-round and spin them. And then go take, go take a walk while they're spinning. <laughs> do whatever. Just have fun. And then the last thing about this Sabbath is contemplate God. Here's what's going to happen. When you'll stop and rest, you will start noticing how much God is part of your life. 
When I go walking and playing disc golf, I look and I see all these trees, and it's been recently that I started realizing, God, you made these trees. Like, all these trees are different. They're all shaped different. They all look different. But every one of them you created. Every tree. It's even to the point now where in my mind, when I throw the disc and I hit a tree, I'm like, sorry, God. I know you made that. It's like I feel like I'm damaging his property. But it's just like all of a sudden it's like you're just more aware. And you, and, and you see him and, you know, if, you're out, if you like to go fishing or you're out on the water and you look and think, God, you created this. And these fish that, are, that I'm going to eat tonight, you made them. It's, you start seeing God in everything when you look. Once you're aware of how present God is with you, you'll notice him. You'll notice him in everything. So, why is it so hard to keep a Sabbath? This is where we're finishing up from last week. Because two weeks ago, we got to where I just was. And now this is the second part. Why is it so hard to keep a Sabbath? And some of these are, they hit home with me. They hit home and I thought, you know what? I can see. Here's one of them. We're just too busy. If you don't have time to rest, you have too much. Because God did not create you to not rest. You just, there comes a time. I mean, I had a conversation with Chris uh, where I said, you know what? I don't know. I don't know if I can do, I don't know if I can keep doing all this. Because in my mind, I thought, I'm too busy. But I don't want to not do what I'm supposed to do. So I had to start realizing, when do I say, is it, is it okay? Can I, can I give you freedom that I've never felt until recently and I'm getting better at it? But, but I want to help you. I want to help you. I want to give you a little extra nugget here. You ready? It's going to bless you. I want everybody to repeat after me. All right? And if it's hard for you to say, I'll, I'll do it slow. Okay? No. Ready? One, two, three. No. That is an amazing word. That is an, and, but you know what? There's so much guilt sometimes with that word. If someone's asking you, hey, could you, hey, would you mind if you would help me with, you know, everything in me is like, oh, I need to go help them. But there's times where it's like that oxygen mask. If I go, I'm, I'm, I'm done. That I need, I need to know that I, I'm not everyone's answer. And there's times that it's better. Sometimes it's good to say no for that person. Because sometimes people need to realize, you know what, maybe I can do it. There's been times where I, I, I've said no, and then afterwards the people are like, you know what, I did it. You know, I've done that with my kids before. Dad, can you, can you help me? Pour this milk when they were younger. Can you help me pour the milk? No. But I will stand here with you. And if you spill it, it's okay. But try. It's heavy. Well, it'll be lighter when you get some milk out of it. So pour. Start pouring. And you know what? Then when they pour it, they're like, I did it. You know what helped them? This word. No. It is. So, I, I still know that God has called me as a pastor. I want to come alongside people. We, God's called us to embrace and encourage, equip and empower. But I can tell you what I'm getting better at. 
is understanding what my limitations are and what I can literally do and can't do. And you know what? I've learned to say no. Can I tell you something? I'm healthier. My marriage is healthier. My family is healthier. And the church is healthier. Because if you notice this year, I've had more people speak this year. Or I, I've had more people up here speaking. Because I think there's been a couple times where I was here and Chris spoke. Steve and I cult spoke one time. Curtis spoke one time. That's even just those five times is more than I let anyone speak in five years when I was first here. Because I thought I had to do it all. I would do my vacations from Sunday after church to Saturday so I could be back on Sunday because I felt like I have to do it. I'm free from that. So you know what? I understand that I can't do it all. And the church is healthier. And, and people are doing more uh, than what they thought because Chris had no thoughts of speaking and, and thought, oh, there, I'm not a speaker. I'm not a communicator. I'm not. Curtis, the same way. Uh, I'm just back here with kids. And you know what? They do a good job. And God uses them. And that's what it's supposed to be. We're supposed to have those times where we can lean in on each other and it's all not falling on one person. So, so learning that principle has been healthy for everybody. But we're too busy. We have to understand, listen, God didn't call you to do all this stuff. Look at John chapter 8, or John chapter 6, I'm sorry, verse 28. They replied, see, all they had seen these miracles, the feeding of the 5,000, all this stuff, they had seen these miracles, and then, then they say this, the people say, we want to perform God's work too. What should we do? This is Jesus' response. The only work God wants from you is to believe in the one he sent. In other words, it's not about everything you do. It's about are you connected with him? Do you believe in Jesus? then you can trust them. You can trust them. But you need to trust them, not just with the things that you think, yeah, I mean, I know that he's all, you know, but I mean, trust him with your life. Because see, for some, Sunday is a great day to take Sabbath. You get up, you're at church, you're worshiping God, you're contemplating what the Lord is doing. The rest of the afternoon, go eat, take a nap, go fishing, go do whatever, just relax. Then Monday, get ready for those next six days. But you're going to be more prepared and you're going to be better and you're going to get more done when you're rested. I learned this. I say I learned it. I heard this and now I've actually learned it. But I heard it a long time ago and didn't learn it. But when you have to make a big decision, you know what I do? I wait till the morning. Because sometimes when you're tired, you're good. your decisions that you think are good aren't good. And there was times that when pre uh awareness and understanding where we had our staff meetings on Monday morning and Sunday we were, I was tired and those staff meetings didn't run as smooth and I was a little bit more irritable and cranky and I didn't put up with much in the staff meeting people are like hey what do you think here I ain't worried about that they can do that on their own I ain't their mama and then we just keep going and they're like uh, they just was asking for prayer oh <laughs> Oh, yeah, 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 let's do that. But then on Tuesday, I'm like, oh, I'm going to call them. How are you doing? You know what I mean? That's, and it wasn't that bad. But it was, but I was just noticed I was more tense. I was more like irritable. Why? Because I'm tired. That's why you got to have time to rest. Because you will make way healthier decisions. 
out of a place of, out of a place of rest. So don't, don't fall to the fear of busyness. Here's another thing. There's this fear of everything falling apart or you missing out on something. Well, if I don't do it, then, and you just talk yourself into justifying why you got to go 24-7 every day. And, and, and that's, it's not healthy. It's not healthy. Look at Exodus 16. He told them, this is what the Lord commanded tomorrow, a day of complete rest, a holy Sabbath set apart for the Lord. So bake or bowl as much as you want today and set aside what is left for tomorrow. So they put some aside until morning, just as Moses had commanded. In the morning, the leftover food was wholesome and good, without maggots or odor. Moses said, eat this food today, for today, the Sabbath day dedicated to the Lord, there will be no food on the ground today. You may gather food for six days, but the seventh day is the Sabbath. There will be no food on the ground that day. Some of the people went out anyway on the seventh day, but they found no food. Then the Lord asked Moses, how long do these people refuse to obey my commandments and instructions? They must realize the Sabbath is the Lord's, gift, the Lord's gift to you. That is why he gives you a two-day supply on the sixth day, so there will be enough for two days. On the Sabbath day, you must each stay in your place. Do not go out to pick up food on the seventh day. So the people did, gather, did not gather any food on the seventh day. So this is when God is he's raining down manna from heaven, feeding the people. And he says, look, I'm going to give you every, every day I'm raining this manna down. But I'm not going to do it on the Sabbath. So what I'm going to do is on the sixth day, I'm going to give you enough for the seventh. See what I'm talking about earlier? God will do more for you. He'll, he'll, he'll give you all the resources for seven days in six. So you can have moments and days of rest. And that's what he did here. And it, the people that tried to you know, go out, they realized, okay, there's no food out here. And before, if the food would sit over a day, it would have maggots and stuff. But not, not this, not on the sixth day. That leftover food, it was still good and fresh the next day because God is a miracle work God. Remember, God can do anything. He's raining manna from heaven. So, but he's doing enough to take care of people's needs. So we have to know, look, you're not going to miss out because you rest. You're going to be healthier. You're going to be better, and God will still do as much in you and through you and even more in those moments if you'll take those times to honor him and just be with him and just rest. Enjoy time where you can say, you know what? I can't get, I'm busy. I just need to stop for a minute. And sometimes the way we do here, sometimes there's been times where you know, one of us, two of us, all of us, we'll cut out a little bit early one afternoon. You know, if we got something going on on the weekend, you know, with the church picnic, we had stuff going on the weekend, making sure everything was ready for it, making sure things were set up and all that stuff. So sometimes it's like, hey, take, a, take an afternoon one day and go do something. But we're healthier. We're healthier when we do that, and, and we all need to do it. You know, think about one of the um, most successful uh, food chains Chick-fil-A. Like, who loves Chick-fil-A? See, that's, I heard someone say, if you look at what, you know, when God's raining manna down, manna in Hebrew actually is Chick-fil-A. I mean, that's, that's what people say because it's God's. But you know what? They refuse to open on Sunday. And as much as we honor that, we hate it at the same time. Because Sunday after church, where y'all want to go? Chick-fil-A. Oh, man. 
They're not open. My daughter asks every Sunday for Chick-fil-A. I'm like, hello, they're Sabbath. But you know what? They do more in six days than what most all of them do in seven. And people, it's, it's amazing to me. I mean, you go to McDonald's and there's, a, you know, six or seven cars. You're like, you know what? People's like, man, that line's too long. Chick-fil-A, it's like from here to Mooresville. And I'm, people are like, I'm waiting. <laughs> but, but you know what? And it's not just the food is great. But you know what? They, they got it. They're not concerned about, listen, you want to talk about a restaurant? You will make money on Sunday. People go to church and they'll eat Chick-fil-A. They can make really good money, not just from church crowd, but people are off work. People are out shopping. People are doing things. And they refuse to serve the almighty dollar. They refuse to do things just for money. They do what's right, and they do what's healthy for them and their employees. And it works. And they're a great success from a company that does what most people say. That's crazy. But God blesses them. Here's another thing. This is one thing that stops us from taking a Sabbath, is we value more of what we do than who we are. We have more value, and I, and I know this for me because I got caught up in this. We value performance over relationship. And can I tell you, there are times where God, God, God's pleased. He knows your heart to serve him. But sometimes he's saying, hey, I'd rather you not be so busy serving me. Sometimes I just want you to be with me. Remember the story? It's in Luke with Mary and Martha. And Jesus comes to their house. And, and Martha's like, I'm going to make him the best meal ever. And she's just going to town. And Mary's just sitting at the feet of Jesus. And Martha's just a working. I mean, I'm seasoning. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, this is going to be so good. And then she's looking out there like, Mary's not even helping, you know. And she's doing all this because I believe her heart was like, I just want to bless Jesus with this great meal. And she starts to get frustrated that Mary's not doing anything but just sitting. So Martha goes to Jesus and tells on Mary. Uh, could you tell? Like, she's not even helping. And you know what Jesus said? Martha, you're troubled by so much. Can I just tell you? Mary has chosen what is right. In other words, the meal, it's not impressive to me how much you do for me, as much as you'll just be with me. That's, that's, that's what Sabbath is about, taking time that you're stopped doing everything and just be. Just be with God. Just be with your family. Just be. Just, just be a person and just take moments and smell the flowers. Just, just, just enjoy. Just enjoy creation. Enjoy the world. Enjoy the landscape. Just, just do something. Go for a walk and just notice that actually you do have neighbors. You know, just, just do something. Don't get so caught up in the this performance thing, because at, at the end of the day, God's not going to be like, oh, look at all you did for me. Get on in here. It's like, did you know me? That's what matters. So don't put so much value on the other. 
And then here's, here's the other thing. Sometimes we're afraid to stop because of what we'll see. This was me a while, a long time ago, several years ago. I knew there was stuff God wanted to deal with in me. But if I just stay busy, I don't have to deal with them. If I just keep going, I don't have to deal with, I don't have to deal with it. And can I just tell you, sometimes, sometimes we work and work and work to mask what's really going on. And if we can just stay busy, we don't have to deal with it. And we have all these things, you know, I'm, I'm teaching this workshop at this conference in a few weeks, and it's talking about dealing with the elephants in the room. When there's stuff there, deal with it. You can still deal with it right and healthy, but deal with it. See, I avoided elephants in the room. When there was something happening and I didn't like it or there was tension, I, w I didn't want to deal with it. I just want everybody to be happy all the time. I don't want to make anybody unhappy, and I don't want to be unhappy. So there was stuff going on. It's like, it's fine. I'm not worried about it. But it needed to be dealt with. So we joked around as a staff because I thought there was a period of time the first few years. We had, we had a safari of elephants. I mean, it's like it was an elephant trainer. I mean, elephants everywhere. I wouldn't deal with them. And then all of a sudden, I, I started realizing through some help, even talking with staff to say, hey, talk to me. I actually had my, the staff guys evaluate me. I said, you have to tell me what I can do better, where I'm missing it. And both of them were like, no, we're good. I was like, no, listen. And I, I honestly, you can ask them. I said this to you. If you're not honest with me, I'll fire you. Because I have to grow. And little did I know that when they start talking, I'm like, ease up a little bit, guys. What in the world are you talking about? We're on page seven? Good. When are you going to be done? I mean, it was like this stuff started coming out. But you know what was the greatest thing ever? Because we dealt with the stuff that was there. We have a completely different way that we approach things based on insight that they were aware of that I didn't want to see. But once I stopped and allowed myself to see it, we could deal with it and we could, we could overcome it. That's what we got to deal with that stuff. And we get too afraid that if we stop, then we're going to notice those things that we dealt with. You're absolutely right. But here's the thing. We're running from them and they're still there. So if we stop and deal with it, we don't have to run from them anymore. You know what? I've told you this before, but six years ago or five years ago, listen, Patty and I, we went to get marriage counseling because some stuff had to be dealt with that was never dealt with. And it wasn't anything major as far as, you know, any huge sins. It was just we just had stuff that we never wanted to work out. We just thought it's fine. You do your thing. I do mine. We, you know, oh, you work too much. That's okay. I'm serving Jesus, you know. We need counseling. We got Jesus. Okay, let's go. You know, I mean, it was like we just didn't want to even talk about if feelings were hurt or whatever. I was just too busy. The greatest thing we could do was get some help and deal with those places that need to be dealt with. And we're way healthier in our life. Why? Because we stopped. And we, and we dealt with the elephants in the room. We dealt with the stuff that was there. That's, that's what I'm talking about. We have to understand that there's nothing wrong with having stuff, there's nothing wrong with letting God clean us up. But you got to stop first.
Because some of us are going because we're running. It's not that we want to be that busy. We just don't want to stop. Because when we stop, we got to deal with those places. I just encourage you, stop and deal with them. God will set you free of it. He'll heal you. He'll, he'll, he'll restore those places in you. But you got to let him. No, there's no shame in that. There's no shame in stopping and saying, you know what? I can't just work my, keep working so I feel better about myself. Why do I not feel good about myself? Deal with that. Because you're trying to do something because your values in what you do and you keep going and going and going and going and, and you're not helping at all. You're not growing because you're just trying to just keep some sense of value. What you need to do is stop and say, Lord, why am I not valuable to myself when I'm not working so much? Well, because it's in there. Where should my value be? It should be in me. Oh, because my value being in God, man, I know that when I leave here today, I'm not struggling with empty chairs. I'm not struggling with who's, you know, who's here, who's not here. I'm like, God, I, I, I'm not valuable because of the size of our church. I'm not valuable if people are here one week and not here the next. I'm valuable because I belong to you, and I'm being obedient to what you call me to do. So I'm a good person. We have five here. We have five. I'm a good person. I'm valuable because I'm connected to you. That's what we need to allow the Lord to help us with. So here's a quote I wrote at the end. It says, it's not just, it's not just resting from our work. That's not what it is. It's really working from your rest. And what that means is when you're rested, your work will be productive. But if you're working to try to rest, you're going to just keep going. I got to get all this done so I can rest. You know what? Just rest. And then you'll get that stuff done. It's amazing. There's times where I just thought, you know what? I had so much to do. And I thought, you know what? I'm not doing anything. I'm going to clear my mind. I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to go do this. I'll go do this. Whatever. And, and then all of a sudden I come back and those, everything just starts. You know, sometimes when I do an email, I'm not the most grammatically wonderful. Like I can talk, but I can't talk through uh, email. So if you get emails from me, it's like, hey, are you going to think maybe that you want to go to, but if I just talk to you, man, it's worded perfect. But I don't know how to word it sometimes. I, so I'll, I'll try to get help. But you know what? I had all these emails I had to send out about this conference to different people. And I just took some time and I rested. And I came back and I sent all those emails out like, you know, and I mean, it was just, it, I just knew exactly what to say and how to say it. It just happened. And if I had not rested, I would probably still be typing those emails. So it's amazing that God just does amazing, amazing things. Let's work from a place of rest instead of trying to rest once we get all work done.